0: All right, Right. here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Non-Victim Nation podcast. I am here with Angelica, and we got to say it just like that, because that's the correct way. Yes, sir. Um, (laughs) I met you recently when we were teaching a class for uh, Fieldcraft Survival. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't know the name of the actual class, though.
1: (laughs) They've changed it, so I think it's Personal Defense.
0: Okay. Uh, And it was All Women. Yes, Um, I
1: think you were there for the All Women, and then we have a co-ed at the the following day.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we talked briefly and and I know a little bit about like your background, but if you could kind of give more detail of of what you do aside from that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I am a police officer. I guess that's kind of how this all came into play. I'm a police officer with uh, Tucson police in Arizona. I was born and raised in Tucson and ended up basically patrolling on, in the area that I grew up in. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've been with Tucson for It'll be 16 years next month. So, yeah.
0: And then, uh, don't you do like other, like more specialized stuff too, or is it just.
1: Yeah. I, so within the department, I've done several different things. I, um, currently I'm on the SWAT team. So it's kind of a, for my position, it's a, you know, collateral type of position. So I mainly do patrol, um, for tens and then I'm on call every other week. Gotcha. Just in case. Yeah,
0: I got
1: you. I try to get as many out as possible. We have like a full time team mm-hmm. with Tucson, um, and they work four tens as well. Um, so they'll take like the majority of that time frame that they they work. Uh, and if they need any extra bodies, they'll go to the on duty um, personnel, and then have if they have to do a call out, they will. Right. Um, but then I'll, I'll, obviously thereafter, like the remainder of the days or any other hours, uh, they'll utilize the on-call positions and mm-hmm. we just try to get on there right get as many ops as we can yeah so
0: so is that something that you had decided pretty early on like in when you were younger that you wanted to be
1: yes and no yeah. so when I joined the department uh, going to the academy I uh, I did pretty well for myself in the academy obviously it's kind of like a the academy is totally different from real life, right? right. But at the same time, um, you they're watching you, right? Mm-hmm. They're seeing who does what.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I was, they chose me to be the class president, if you will. And right. it's just basically somebody, you know, telling the others what to do. So, yeah. you know, keeping them in in, in line, your, your class. So from there, I, I had a lot of good feedback. And I had a lot of people, you know, question me like, hey, you're going to like, once you get out there, you're going to join SWAT, you're going to do this, you're going to join Bravo, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course. Right. And then you get out in the field and, you know, we, for Tucson police, we have uh ship change yearly um, and you want to do your time in like nights, right? Midnights and right. get the, get where the action is. Um, but also... I I had my own life. I had my daughter at the time was 8 years old. Um so she she was my top priority. Um excuse me. <laughs> she was my priority mm-hmm. at the time. So I like any other positions or shift, you know, hours that didn't work with her, like I I didn't do. Right. So I, I say that because I, it literally took me, you know, 14 years to get on SWAT because of oh. by choice, I got you. right? So I wasn't going to be away from her. I wasn't going to, and she, she got, she grew up, she got out of the house and right. I was like, all right, I could do a little bit more now. And, you know, tried out for the team and, you know.
0: So how often do you actually go out on those particular calls?
1: So, I mean, it sometimes we have waves, right? Like some weeks are busier than others. Um we just got our stats the other day and I'm pretty sure we had last year was 216 ops in the year. And I think the year before we had 250 if I can remember.
0: Okay. Um
1: I, I, I said a not too long ago I said a um a, a number of 270. And that's what they had told us, but I think that was a few years ago. So the last couple of years have been between 220 and 250. So, okay. Yeah.
0: So this will seem kind of silly. I grew up watching the old SWAT TV show, like in the 70s, yeah. right? Yes. And so when I think of SWAT, and I know this is wildly inaccurate, okay, I think of like Bank robberies and hostage situations, things oh, like that. Yeah. Like just really like major things. That's why you're calling out like a SWAT team, right? Right, right. So in reality, what typically uh, is a is high enough issue that they actually need to call out yeah. SWAT?
1: So yes and no, right? Like okay. that is obviously glamorized and it's super okay. cool to see. But don't get me wrong, everything that we do is super cool that we do. So it's right. it's just as fun. Yeah. It's just a whole lot safer, right? Like we have so many tools and contingencies that we use. So um, but yeah, it can be the hostage rescue. And that's oh my goodness, we train for that so often. Wow. And it doesn't happen a lot, right? Okay. Knock on wood. Um, but it's always that one time, right? right. So we are constantly training for that. Um, so hostage rescue is definitely, um, up there that is, you know, a probable cause that we'll be able to be, you know, be, uh, involved with, um, a lot of what we do is, is, you know, mitigating violent crimes, right? Like violent people. So we're going after homicide suspects, um, suspects that have, you know, ag assaults, aggravated assaults, um, that have felony warrants out that are highly dangerous. Uh, And a lot of the times um, we're working alongside the UC units. Mm -hmm. So all of, we have four different divisions within the city of Tucson, Mm -hmm. Uh, each division, which is like East, West, South, um, North. They, um, they have their own community, you know, undercover uh, unit. So they do a lot of the, background of okay this guy just did this we're gonna start following him now we're gonna start surveilling um and they start putting all the pieces together mm-hmm. and as soon as they have for for the most part uh you know a pretty good spot where they know that he's gonna be around um that's where they kind of they call us and we mm-hmm. start setting up you know different contingencies of okay how can we get this guy is he gonna go mobile we can do this if he's gonna you know, barricading the house—we're going to contain things like that. So once they have it, like kind of narrowed down, mm-hmm. that's where we come in and we take them down. So gotcha. They and don't get me wrong—they do—they actually do a lot on their own. Mm-hmm. The these units, but um, when there's these violent offenders that are just not—you don't know what they're up to—that's well, mm-hmm. where we come in. So I gotcha. Okay. And it, it could be also, um, you know sex offenders, you know, that, or sex assault, um, offenders mm-hmm. that are just, shouldn't be out there anymore. Like right. we need to get them. So,
0: yeah. Uh, so if you don't mind my asking, like how old were you when you actually started?
1: Oh no. I, so I was 28 years old. Okay. Um, right out of high school, I, I went into, um, like a teacher's assistant. I always thought I was going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. for like elementary um, students. And right out of high school, I went into uh, like a teacher's assistant within the same district that I had graduated from. And it was great because I had, I worked there for six years and I had all the summers off still. Right. (laughs) Right? It was awesome. So, um, but then at the time, you know, I went through a divorce and that didn't pay anything. I'm like, Oh, I gotta get a job, a real right. job. Yeah. Yeah. So um a friend of mine said, join DOC. Like you, you, they'll they'll take you right away. Right. They take anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: okay. I didn't even think of that like type of profession in my life at all. Right. So I went to DOC. Um and kind of the same thing. That was kind of like the like what I mentioned before, like in the academy, like yeah people started seeing like this little yeah. spark in my eye, I guess. And, um, it just kind of shot from there. So I spent three years at DOC and it was definitely a good stepping, you know, stool, but right. nothing that I would necessarily want to live there, like do a career there yeah. at all. <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> I'm that, sure but, you yeah. do. <laughs> um, um yeah so that that was more like just to kind of get experience
0: and department of corrections is doc for people who don't understand that right and i was
1: with the state um i was out on the south uh, south tucson Wilmot, so i um right and and actually and even then like i felt like i didn't get a lot of experience um that i like needed to i would Mm -hmm. cross um level a lot i don't know if you guys do that um Cause my, as soon as I got to my particular unit, it, they switched it over to uh, like a sex offense, sex offenders unit. Okay. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, like they're kind of a different breed, the, the totality of their behaviors, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a little bit different than like the higher end or the four level. Right. So, um, I would try to go to cross level and get mm-hmm. experience like with the minors and with the, you know the open, you know, yards and, Mm -hmm. um, just to interact with different types of people and Mm -hmm. learn how to talk to people. Um, and so then I started realizing, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be here, but I kind of like almost the same realm. So, um, went to apply for Tucson police and Mm -hmm. got right in. So that was, I was what, 28 years old at the time. Yeah
0: so when i started with doc uh, i went from the academy to uh uh, central unit which is the level five uh so there there's there's two complexes there's florence and there's iman Mm -hmm. Um, central is in florence which just recently got shut down within like like two years ago i think something like that
1: okay
0: um but at the time central was like a pretty hardcore place this was level five which is the highest level of of uh custody right mm-hmm. and you had just the widest range possible of like you had uh like actual death row inmates the in one building um you had all of the different uh types of uh stgs which uh those are pretty bad people like yeah. just basically all the kind of worst people you can think of right mm-hmm. is a level five um this is just for people who don't know um and I remember just getting dropped into this and thinking right away, it's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, you know, and it really had nothing to do. I mean, part of it was like, yes, this is a dangerous kind of place, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that it's just that like, I don't enjoy the idea of surrounding myself with people that like, they're like that, yeah. and, you know, and this is what I do all day, every day, right? you know? And so because of litigation and things that had gone on, they had brought the, they had treated the, the, the facility like a level four even though it was a level five which means all of these guys were left walking around yeah just not all the time but like when it was time to go to chow we would let out you know 40 to 80 guys at a time and say okay go get your food and then come back and then lock down again that looks really great on paper but getting all of those guys to stop what they're doing and go back into their cells when it's time is like trying to herd retarded cats yeah you know and it was just this nightmare of of constant battle every day. And he just went through it multiple times a day. He let them out and go to chow. They'd come back at another time of feeding. They'd go out mm-hmm. to chow again when it was time for them to go out to wreck, So like every single time they went out, it was just a fight to get them to lock back down. Okay. And it's this ongoing thing. So there was the danger component of it, but it was just that constant like battle of wills. It's like, this shouldn't be this hard. Right, right? You're adults. You know where you are. You know what's going on. This is or not even new. just the
1: support of your command staff or the state,
0: yeah. for that matter, right? Yeah. Like
1: obviously, there's politics in everything, mm-hmm. and even within my department, like there's things that you just don't necessarily agree on. Um, but that that was one thing I saw early on in DOC is there's like the lack of support mm-hmm. and the lack of. Um, I mean, obviously the the main mission is to protect them yourself and the people of the public like and I did not feel safe in there ever like you just you kind of you end up just going with the flow Mm -hmm. and yeah in the long run it's not something that I I even felt like I was contributing like Mm -hmm. something good in my life to right like obviously we have to have that and I agree to it to a certain extent but I feel like I I didn't really have a fulfillment in life at the time. <laughs> it was a job. Right. So
0: and I found myself in that same space. It's like it wasn't that I couldn't handle the job or that I wasn't good at it. Um I got pretty good at it very quickly just out of necessity. Um but like I said and just like you said the things that I'm capable of and that, that I want to do in the world, make it a better place or to feel successful or feel fulfilled had nothing to do with being there. Right. I know that there are people there that their personality type they wouldn't be happy anywhere else that that's what they do you know and that's for them that's wonderful you know but that's just not me yeah so like i said I, I knew really early on that i wanted to like get out of there as soon as possible um but i want to but i also made a commitment to like stay there to at least i didn't want to just like start and then quit okay so yeah. I, I made a commitment i would stay there for at least a year and see what opportunities came up you know how things world um but eventually I just decided, nope, I really do need to go. This, this is not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. Yeah. You know, because of the politics and a new director who decided he's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. So all of the systems we used to have in place about how we dealt with the inmates, they've been slowly eroding and giving us less and less options to deal with people that are not getting less dangerous.
1: Got it. Got yeah.
0: It. So um, definitely need to get out of that environment. And so I started a podcast. Um eventually I'll be working here at Tac Hub with Dan. Nice. Yeah. You know. Um, and so that's kind of my exit strategy into doing something that is much more meaningful and impactful and hopefully is helping people be better. So
1: cool. that's that's where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> I um I have a cousin who works at DOC still. Mm-hmm. And she's a sergeant now. But oh my goodness. The stories that she tells me, I just I'm like, why? why are you there like it's not safe yeah. so i don't yeah. know but some people you know i don't know if they just get comfortable or just it's it's what's content at the moment and mm-hmm. paying the bills so
0: well i know for a lot of people especially when they were offering pensions mm-hmm. which they don't anymore they stopped that a number of years ago i don't know exactly when uh so yeah so the people that are getting hired now get a uh, like a it's not a 401k it's it's like some other version but it's just a basic are you serious? retirement and that's it. So they're not getting anything extraordinary.
1: Okay. They're getting benefits,
0: which is good. Yeah. You know, but there, there's not a, like a really extreme reason to stay there other than that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the people that have been there longer that have that pension, it's like they're kind of stuck. It's like they've been there for, you know, seven, ten, twelve, right. whatever years. You know, it's like now they've they've got to keep going if they want to actually reach that goal. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, and the people that I meet all the time that are like older that have been here for, you know, close to 20 years. It's like, they're just waiting for that, you know, that last bit to be done so they can be out of there. So yeah, there's a lot of that. They just get stuck.
1: Well, I will say that there's um there's a portion on there through DOC that's like, and I don't, I'm not very educated on it, but um, the only reason I know is it's almost like an undercover and outside of the, they, they like investigate like the gangs that are coming in and out. Okay. And the only reason I know about it is because um, I, I can go into it later, but I used to be an instructor at the academy and a few of the recruits that came through were DLC, ADDOC, AZDOC. Um, and they just needed to get certified, post-certified, right. um, you know, to carry their gun and to continue what their position was. And I didn't really get into it with them, but um, yeah, there's, there's lots of, I mean, it's just like any other agency, like. Well, I shouldn't say any other agency, large agencies. You know, mm-hmm. there might be different opportunities and whatnot. Right. So, that would have been maybe something. And I know there's like a, what is it? S. C. SSU. SSU. Yeah, that's kind of I, like what would be equivalent to kind of a SWAT team in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be cool to do. <laughs>
0: right. Um. So in the time that you've been in, have you ever encountered a situation that was like, holy shit, I am in the wrong place. I just, you know what I mean?
1: Like you're the back of your hairs and in the, in the, in the neck, the neck, the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. Yeah.
0: Something like, that. Um,
1: <laughs> or, or you just didn't feel safe. Is that what you mean? I guess
0: like, I, 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 I equate most things to like, uh, soldiers because i'm more familiar with that than Mm -hmm. in law enforcement part um you know like when they're going into there's the idea that they want to get ready and they want to go to war they want to like go to battle and that sort of thing but when they're actually in the battle and bullets are flying at them you know the the perspective changes a little bit so you ever like have you ever had that sort of experience it's like you know this isn't exactly what i thought i'd be
1: no no not at all No, it it was more so like kind of what I was saying is like, mm, this doesn't feel safe at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to make this better? Right. Make this safer or make myself safer? Um, No, I think early on um, my, I was working midnights and then, you know, my particular area sector, it was kind of out in the boondocks. And so I was kind of always alone or if it would be the same, um, the conjoining uh squad that was the same sector he would um good friend of mine like he would kind of it would just be like the two of us out there way out in the boondocks and Mm -hmm. not a lot of lights things like that like and just people things lurking in the darkness right Right. there would be times where it's like ugh, this is kind of eerie you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. let's go over here so we can see better but for the most part no I've never um never had any like doubts per se Mm -hmm. it was just more so like I've had times where I felt like, crap, that would have been bad Right. because I didn't know something or do something better. Mm-hmm. Um, but guarantee, like every single one of those times, I'm like, okay, dissecting it, that particular incident and figuring out, like actually training to mm-hmm. figure out what I could have done better so that I don't encounter the same thing. Right. That's mostly what it is. Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what I could do better.
0: So in your department, because you're part of the SWAT, you get additional training. Oh yeah. Other people do. Yes. So is, is there any way for like the regular uh, officers to volunteer to get more of that training?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, not, not like we do. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of what we do is, is crucial to our duties, right? What we're going to be implying but the, even though our department is so is as large as it is, mm-hmm. um, and there's so much going on, because our training facility is is pretty big, and um, they have a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. Even with all that, there's plenty of opportunities, right. plenty of people out there, and to include me, yeah, that will make the time to help you with something. And it's, I say that because it's not utilized enough. Right. Um, There's also lots of trainings that you can go out and find Mm -hmm. um, and ask the department to pay for. And if you, yeah, like, you know what I mean? You put up a good memo and whip that up and make it sound really fancy. And Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what it's going to do is going to help you in the long run. So if you can convince that, you know, chief to, to sign off, which is, usually a yay right. um, they'll pay for you to even out of state out of out of um city like there's plenty of opportunities um a lot of people don't take that opportunity to imply those right but even just as much as uh or as little rather um as like open shooting you know the, the department offers i think it's like twice a month at the very least open shoot days and you get free ammo you have Thanks. you even have um you know instructors there to help you if you want if you don't want it you kind of just can shoot on your own right um but there's opportunities out there for sure yeah well, that's good yeah um SWAT has actually um uh, we have some very good team leaders some sergeants and they've actually um taken their time to use some of the guys on the team to go to different, um, squads. And when I say different squads, like all hours, right. Cause everybody's on different hours. So they'll go to the briefings or have those squads come to the academy or the training facility for during their briefings to, imp, to just do a quick 20 to 30 minute mm-hmm. training day right. for them. And it's things that they could encounter, like, you know, certain, um, reaching tools or reaching ways that we can get through, you know, that they'll encounter out in the field. Right. So yeah, there's lots of opportunity out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Part of the reason why I asked that is because I've talked to a number of other people in law enforcement at different units and cities and things like that. And it always kind of comes back to, there's, there's a lot of, or there's more a lack of training that most officers get. The ones that aren't doing something more specialized, mm-hmm. they're not getting enough of, of like those sorts of training when it would probably benefit them.
1: Yeah. Know. Yeah. I get it. It's, you know. it's kind of twofold, right? Like, so if you, obviously they're not going to have the patrol guys are not going to have the training that we do. We, right. we train um, twice a month, every other, every other week, once a day. And then we have um, two week long um, trainings throughout the year and mm-hmm. in, in which we call qualify everything on. So we qualify twice a year. Yeah. Um, so we, Obviously, every other week we train. Um, that being said, like with us, we we have so much that we do, right? So we have to do those. We have to train those all the time.
0: Right.
1: 10 hours every other week is not going to cover everything. So right. there might be a time that we cover hostage rescue on this day. But because there's so many other things, we might not revisit that for another month or two Mm -hmm. but and the same goes for patrol that's what my point is um there's so much that you could be doing Mm -hmm. there's there's really not a lot of time with you know 800 some officers to go to consistently right it's incumbent upon upon you to take your time to do that on your own. And with that being said, there's plenty of opportunities for people to do that and I don't think a lot of people do. Right. So, the yeah, I I think you for departments like there's always always going to be training that you need mm-hmm. and you just don't feel like you're going to get enough, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like how about just start, you know, shooting once a week so you don't, you know, right. have to be nervous at your yearly qual. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like
0: so with that being said, do you have, do you do any of just your own training, like away from the department?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, tra- so I try to do my own training, like on my own time, you know, I, I get out there to the training facility and, um, I'll work with some of the guys on the team and practice movements and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll pay for my own trainings out of city or state. Right. Um, and that's that's actually how I came upon field craft and sheepdog. Okay. Right. Um, so it's my little testimony, right? Like, yeah. I went, I tried out for the team in a couple years ago and three years ago. And, you know, two days before graduation, I was mm-hmm. dismissed. Like, that's like my whole world at that moment, right? right. Just crushed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, I'm not going to, mope around every day about it and i remember um one of the guys i I had a lot of support especially from those that were on the team they're like it's okay like it happens like you just gotta get better and do this and do that and um you you come back out and like okay okay um but one of the guys in particular he uh older gentleman he ended up retiring a year after um (laughs) awesome guy he he was like hey mm-hmm. you need to go like put yourself through these trainings like seek trainings outside of the department mm-hmm. you know and to me i didn't really think about that at the time i was just going to what i know best you know what i mean like right. to the guys that i work with every day and um so quite frankly like my my whole perception of this different type of training and you know personal defense right mm-hmm barely just came a few years ago. Um, and I'm like, how did I live without this for so long? Right. <laughs> so I I immediately booked a a basic, basic um carbine course, right? Mm-hmm. So when I went to the school the first time, that was literally the first time I had shot a a rifle. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it before. Um I had been out of patrol for a few years because mm-hmm. of other assignments. So I needed to get better at the carbine, right? Like I just needed to feel more comfortable with it. So right. um took a course with Sheepdog Response, yeah. went to Texas. My yes. went with my wife. We made a road trip out of it, right? Okay. And it was on a Thursday. And so we drove down there to Austin and took this carbine course. And I even put like a plate carrier on because I'm like, I gotta get used to this, right? Right. <laughs> and so I'm um, and even though it was it was, you know, a few months new to me, the carbine, I still was, I think, most comfortable than, or com- more comfortable than most people, because mm-hmm. you just, I'm around that a lot. Right. So um, I'm just going with the flow, getting reps, and uh, all of the instructors are like, mm, yeah, who, who are you? <laughs> so they pulled me aside, and they're like, what do you do? And And there's, what's a little bit humbling is like these guys are like all special forces you know what I mean like these guys are like like the top of the game right mm-hmm. and then they pulled me aside and there's other cops there too like it's a civilian primary course but right. there's other cops sprinkled in um but they just didn't look the same and so they uh they they started asking me questions they're like well you got to meet him like he's gonna come oh, nice. come through today I'm like okay and to me I'm just like okay whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cuz this is all new to me so yeah. um we keep keep shooting and then uh he's like uh you know he starts asking me questions and he, and I said well I'm just I'm just trying to get some reps and he's like okay he goes well how about you stay the weekend and and come to the, pi- the pistol course. And I'm right. like the weekend and we were actually we were staying the weekend or I think right. a day or two but he's like free of charge just just come by. Okay. I'm like, all right. right, Cool. He's like, do you have a pistol? I was like, I have everything. So my poor wife, like, was like, hey, we're gonna stay. I'm gonna attend this three day course. Uh And she's like, all right, like what do I do? (laughs) Like, I guess I'll go explore Austin. Right. So she um so I I go to it and it's the awesome course, right? Mm -hmm. We do combatives in the morning, um, and then basic pistol in the afternoon. And combatives, like at the time, I I always had like a foundation for jujitsu for, you know, basic combatives, right. but nothing that I consistently went through. So um, so at least at the at that time during the the teaching, it was apparent that I had some sort of foundation, but I was still learning. Right. So but it was awesome because like you fight with weapons and you learn how to, you know, take position and do damage. And so we're doing all this. And I'm just like breezing through, like having the time of my life. And right. then we get on the range and and at one point Tim comes over and he's like, let's do, let's do a little, you know, meet off or whatever you want to call it. And so right. we do like a, a drill with mag exchanges and it it was so fun. Uh-huh. And so at the end of the day, he's like, hey, um, so you'll come back and um, see how you teach. And I was like, what, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, no, you'll come back to another one. Um, And then if you want to teach and we'll see how you interact with other people and then we'll go from there. I'm like, okay. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so prior to that, I was um, an instructor at the academy in, with Tucson police. So okay. I was. Uh, for lack of better terms, a drill, kind of like a drill instructor, right? Right. We're in charge of all of the um, recruits that come through. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a day two, which is like hell day. And, and then you go through 17 to 24 weeks of just, you know, hardcore. I'm, I was the one, you know, instructing Mm -hmm. them. And I have, I have a few certs here and there, right with the department. So I would be everywhere teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of had that, in the back of my like teaching has always been right like the little foundation that I had. Uh-huh. So um I was fine. I was fine being up in front of, you know, a class of 30 people and just like telling them right. what to do. And <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So it just went from there. Um at least with sheepdog response. So started doing that and they started implementing more women's courses. Mm-hmm. Um and that was I think that was kind of their goal too, right? Like mm-hmm. they wanted women teaching women because mm-hmm. it's, it's different yes, and, um, significantly different. They, <laughs> they kind of get a little more out of, you know, this woman that, Oh, if she could do it, then maybe I can do it. So, mm-hmm. um, I teach a lot of the women's courses through there, but sometimes co-ed as well. Right. So, yeah.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those that aren't familiar, uh, when you're saying Tim, you're referring to Tim Kennedy.
1: I am. Yeah. The, the Who doesn't life... know, Tim? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: The real-life Captain America. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. The
1: owner uh, of Sheepdog Response.
0: Yes. Uh, he, I have a, a long list of people that I eventually want to have on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He, he's right behind. Oh him. yeah. Um, he's he's right, awesome. He's right behind Jocko. So. Is... <laughs> um. But yeah, that sounds incredible. Yeah. You know, just. Uh, and do you still work with them or no?
1: yeah, I still go out there um you know a few times a year, mm-hmm. go and teach uh, I usually teach the the basic pistol, the one I took, which is um basic combatives and um combined with uh, basic pistol
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so that's like all the fundamentals of pistol handling, right and again, everything that I would teach at the academy as well mm-hmm. so. Um, it's just their way of doing like certain verbiage is different, um, right. but yeah, that's what I do there. I've taught maybe a carbine course once, um, with them and hope to expand some more. Yeah.
0: So then how did you get connected with fieldcraft?
1: So fieldcraft, um, a year, probably a year after I, I was with sheepdog, um, is when COVID hit. Right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my department had this great idea because our city, you know, is, you know, our city council knows everything. So We're they, um, they, what is the word demanded or, um, mandated. Thank you. They mandated the vaccine shot. I got you. And I was furious. Like, no, I'm not doing that. And I, I literally was ready to leave. Like I'm, I was like, and that, that was like at what, 14 years of 14 or 15, 14 years, I think, um, you know, in the department. And that's, that kind of sucks. Like, I'm like, I don't want to leave now. Like, first of all, I love my job. And secondly, like my retirement, I don't, I don't want to leave that. Um, I mean the obvious reasons. Right. And, and, but that was what they were kind of, you know, implementing is if you don't get, if you don't take the vaccine, then you won't be, you know, here anymore. Um, so it it went into the whole you know getting waivers and this and that and which by the way my waiver is completely truthful like my religious waiver right like right. you don't i don't just i'm not just going to say something mm-hmm. but at the same time i didn't i didn't like that i didn't agree with that mm-hmm. mentality and you know not necessarily the vaccine per se but just you implementing this on me like right. you can't tell me what to do but um and at the same time Mike Glover like he was he was out there preaching right like he was he he had his own opinions about about it mm-hmm. but he also had the support of specifically for law enforcement right and i remember a video and he was like he's like any any police officers out there put your resume in like come talk to me mm-hmm. and i did i put my resume yeah. in <laughs>
0: nice <laughs> and
1: and it wasn't like um and it was so crazy because i was just literally ready to leave like i wasn't going to stand for this mm-hmm. that's how you know passionate i was yeah. and i didn't have a anything you know to fall back on per se i had mm-hmm. sheepdog but that wasn't like consistent you know what i mean i just go every so often
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and that's usually out of state um so i i just put my my resume in and yeah a few um a few months later, the coordinator that was in Arizona um called me and we had a you know interview over FaceTime and he said this this is what I want you for. Um I wanna create like a hub in Arizona so that we're not flying people all over. Right. Um and we'll teach this class, this specific class, which is the personal defense class, um, and everything within that class. Mm-hmm is everything that I've done at the academy like everything that I teach normally right, right. situational awareness mindset mm-hmm. um how to take care of yourself and then even to sprinkle on some of like the legalities of owning a firearm right mm-hmm. like I who better person to hear from than a police officer right. so um and then the the latter portion of the day would be scenarios and mm-hmm. um so everything is is just it was what I was used to and so I started coming out and it just kind of fell into place. met met Nate Jones and we, you know, clicked and yeah, just started teaching with them.
0: Mm -hmm. And Nate is a really cool guy.
1: He is.
0: (laughs) Um, So as far as the curriculum for that, like how much of it was something that you developed and how much of it was something they said, Hey, we want you to do this.
1: No, it's not anything I developed. They had the curriculum in place. Um, which it it just seemed perfect. Right. Like I was like, yeah, this, this sounds great. And, um, you know, it's just me putting in my kind of two cents as far as like what I would see as a police officer, what I would expect is, you know, if this person got into this, you know, event and they came in contact with law enforcement, Mm -hmm. what, what would happen from there? Mm -hmm. So I'm just putting in a little bit of, you know, my end as a police officer into it, but mostly it's, it's their curriculum and, um, it's not, it's not brains, you know, rocket science. It's just Mm -hmm. like, this is what is expected, you know, in the law state of, you know, your, your state, your particular state. Right. Um, and then going kind of like, you know, dissecting videos, Right. Um. And they could be any videos, right? Like we, we watch videos all the time and you can just learn something from everything. Right. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't necessarily have to be those videos, but because it's this, it's consistent, we, we use the same videos and all we're doing is dissecting them. Like what, what would you would have done? What could they have done better? Things like that. Um, and then scenarios like, obviously within the department, like I'm so used to that, right? Like we, right. we do scenarios all the time, but mm-hmm. what civilian can ever do a scenario, right? Right. Unless you're married to a cop.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and you're, you're being the bad guy while he uh, clears his own house. Right. Like, right. so I don't think anybody will get that unless it's an actual event that they're involved in. So um, those scenarios I think are like the most crucial point. To the whole thing, like you're, what better way to pressure test yourself to know what, how your body's going to react, and then how you can make that better, Mm -hmm. if if, you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: um, I've done like I I got to help the last time you were here for that, Mm -hmm. so that was really cool to kind of like see how all of that ran, um, especially the way that we were doing it in the shoot house, you know, like the scenarios of like you have an invader in your house, like how do you react, how do you you know what do you do, um. But also working with Guardian Training Consulting, Josh Logan, um, he has the uh, the big projector that that puts up on a screen. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, it's really incredible, like to see how people react to that. Even understanding that it's a screen, they still like their heart rates climb. Yeah, you know, they yeah. they go through the whole the whole gambit of of those emotions and and you know, panic and and all kinds of things. Right.
1: Yeah,
0: I really believe that all of those things are incredibly important because everybody has an idea of like what they're capable of. And they it, and it's usually a much inflated idea, right. you know, you know, everybody thinks they can fight until they get into an actual fight. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face yep. kind of thing. So, you know, understanding on a psychological level, like what that's going to be like versus the actual adrenaline rush, the stress, you know, like, you know, and even kind of the after effect like when the scenario is over how people like their heart rates are so elevated you know they're still dealing with what the decisions that they made or didn't make Mm -hmm. you know i think those are incredibly important experiences for people to have because otherwise you're never going to i shouldn't say never it's going to be a much harder situation for you to deal with in the moment right if you've never had any kind of previous experience about what to do in the situation and then how to deal with it afterwards. Yeah. So.
1: What's as simple as like, I, I just thought of this cause I, I thought of a, a relative that just fell the other day. Like it's just something, something as simple as um, break falling, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody really knows how to fall properly. Like right. who knows what is that? Right. Falling mm-hmm. properly. But yeah, if you don't want to break your wrist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you accidentally fall, like, Hey, extend your arm, like yeah. break fall. So. Right. But you're not going to know that until you actually put yourself through it. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I I think I've actually brought my sister, I've brought my daughter to the class itself because it's just, I just, it's a good, it's a good starter, mm-hmm. right?
0: Even the, the part where, you know, you have a quote unquote bad guy running at the person and they've got to draw the weapon and like shoot before that person gets to them. That's a pretty important thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, because it, it teaches you Like, how capable are you of actually doing
1: that? Yeah, that's a good point. So, right, like we hear all the time, like, oh, I would have just done this or I would have just done that. Well, would you have? Because I have actually, like, just because you have a gun doesn't mean you have to use the gun. Right. So, yeah, he might be coming at me, but it might be better if I just, like, sweep him or something. Right. You know what I mean? And take him down as opposed to, because now once you introduce that weapon, Mm-hmm. He has access to that weapon, right? Like, mm-hmm. if he's that close, like, so you have to weigh out risk versus reward. Right. Um, it's so easy to say I would do this, but well, have you really trained that? Yeah. Like, let's try that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's test that theory. Yeah, <laughs> see if it works.
0: Right. <laughs> um. So as far as like your career, kind of, do you see yourself like moving into like more command? or do you want to kind of stay with where you are? I mean,
1: I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So, I <laughs> I tested for sergeant a few years back mm-hmm. and it was right before um the SWAT on uh, testing. So, and I clearly didn't make it. Clearly okay. I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm just um, it just no, I think I think there's there's a reason for I truly believe there's a reason for everything, so me not getting into that made a way for okay, SWAT. And then even me not even getting into SWAT, it it opened doors other elsewhere, right? I got sheepdog. I learned this. Mm -hmm. I got better at my deficiencies. And the next time around, I just, it was awesome. Right. Right. I had fun actually in a school. Like who does that? Um and I trained better to be there. So the only thing that I will say about the first process with the sergeant is that I'm a little bitter right now, (laughs) and I know I know in the back of my head that it, you know, all those other things I just mentioned, it was for a reason, and I know that I'm not going to let that get to me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, Uh I put so much work into that, and there's other people like trying not to compare myself. You know what I mean? Right. But it was the fact that I really did. I put a lot of work into it, Mm -hmm. so. I guess the only thing I can say about that is that I know what kind of work I need to for the next time. Mm -hmm. I just don't know when that will be. Um, at the very least I'm enjoying SWAT right now because obviously once you promote, I'd have to get off the team. So at least for, unless I promote, unless I get onto SWAT as a sergeant, but I don't want to do that. Like I want, I want to work on the team. right? Right. So I'm, I'm enjoying my time there. Right. And I think a lot of my my f- training is focused on that uh-huh. and getting better at that. I got you. Hopefully, hopefully get onto the uh, the full time SWAT team. That would be awesome.
0: So that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you oh, let's see, how do I phrase this? When you tell people that you work for law enforcement or that you work in SWAT do you get different types of reactions as far as like really or they think that that's a good thing a bad thing i mean how do people usually take that
1: uh, usually it's that's freaking awesome like yeah. that they love it okay um it's it's kind of it makes me uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> right like i don't want the attention right um it just depends on where i'm at right um my wife she likes to likes to gloat and you know she's pretty proud so she'll mention it to to people Uh but um it's 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 only when it's like older people like Mm -hmm. elders that they kind of like they don't look down on you they're just like well that's that's dangerous isn't it right yeah (laughs) and so they're they're a little more worried i guess Mm -hmm. um so it's not necessarily a bad thing they're just they don't think that it's possible, right, if you will, but sometimes I get that f- with my own family, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, when i and I hate to like throw them under the bus, but <laughs> when I first got on the team, right like I'm explaining to my mom and one of my sisters like everything, and mm-hmm. I'm like excited and 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 this mind you, this is after fifteen years on the department, right fourteen okay. years or whatever. Um, and I'm talking to him about it and, and these, and finally my sister's like, and I she's like, what do you really need? Like, is that, is there m- people out there where you have to be on this special team? And I'm like looking at her like, what? Yeah. What do you, what are you talking about? Like, of course, yes, yeah. there's bad people out there. Right. And this is, I mean. Again, I'm not trying to throw her under the bus, but some people are just very like kind of not in it, right? Like they're not they don't want to see that bad side. Right. Um so when so there's like kind of like a mixture of people like, "Oh, really? Like you do that?" Okay. Like yeah. they they don't quite understand it. Right. But for the most part, swat swat, right? Like you see yeah. this perception and, "Oh, you're swat like I have a pin on my outer um carrier for patrol and as soon as you see as soon as somebody sees that they're like oh oh okay like their whole <laughs> demeanor changes it's like well i better not mess with that person you know what right. i mean like it's just it's different yeah
0: <laughs> that makes perfect sense yeah um i think part of the reason why i asked that question is because of uh, when coupled was happening and there was a lot of like backlash against law enforcement and that sort of thing there was uh there was a period of time where, like, it was probably not a good idea to be wearing a uniform outside of the unit. Mm. Um, I had one of my buddies who, who did that. He like would as soon as he got out in the parking lot, he would get take his uniform off, yeah, or at least his, his shirt and things like that. So it wasn't obvious because law enforcement was getting attacked, yeah, in different places. Um, I don't know how extreme that was in Tucson, um, and whether you ever went through any of that or not.
1: No, um, quite frankly, like we. I, I don't think it's a huge deal in mm-hmm. tucson um there's certain groups in Tucson right and uh, that will protest or speak their mind um they're even so they're pretty mm, well contained you know what I mean like they they still follow the rules if you will right obviously there's others that don't um we've had bombs um, like kind of mini riots, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and I say that loosely, like, you know, just kind of disorderly people. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, it, I think I have to be honest that we have a lot of pretty good support in Tucson. Um, I've never, I've never felt more unsafe if, if you will, like from certain events, Mm -hmm. um, anytime like right now I have a take home. So I just, I am always in my uniform, I got
0: you. but,
1: um, before that I, I would never sh- just display it anyway, like regardless yeah. of, um, certain times of the, of life or happenings, mm-hmm. I just, I wouldn't blur it out in the first place, but I got yeah, you. it's not, it's not too bad. I, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so on a different note, with all the things that are happening with the border and all of the illegal people that are coming across, is that increasing or changing anything about the, about us about yeah how you how you manage things or how you deal with no. stuff
1: no no, no it's um even when there was like that big hype during like the whole you know um what is the word the-, the illegals coming in and um the immigration law change and whatnot like mm-hmm. it and if, if anything, it specifically did not change what we do. Right. Mm. Cause that's not, that's not our primary, you right. know what I mean? Like that's for border patrol. That's now mm. when, if we were to come upon something that's clearly, <laughs> you know, this van is full of people or something, you know, right. um, still even then, like we have, um, you know, we can't just hold people forever just because, mm. um, we will reach out to border patrol and Homeland security if need be like that's their primary. This is our primary. So it, it hasn't really, you know, taken over if you will. Like right. it, it doesn't change anything. Um, we just, at least with us, like my particular area is Southwest mm-hmm. literally. So it's close to I-19 which goes down to the border. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, there's. DPS as well. Right. There's a highway patrol, so we don't necessarily cover the highway. Um, But, you know, the on ramps and whatnot, like where I'm pretty close to the border well, closest to the border from without getting out of Tucson. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't necessarily see that per se. We just um, we have like certain intel and and then we make proper calls, if you will. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you actually worked with Border Patrol at all. Because you are that close to the border.
1: No, not uh, necessarily. Nothing like mm-hmm. that.
0: Um it's uh without getting too political, it's it's a big concern for me. Mm-hmm. Just the sheer number of military age men that are coming into this country. Yeah. They're not they're not here for Yeah, they're
1: you know, not good. You know,
0: <laughs> anything, you know, and with I suspect there's gonna be a lot of craziness happening this year because of the upcoming election. Yeah. Um I don't know.
1: Well we do have we do have a lot of problems with human trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. Like not human smuggling per se. Well, not any less of human struggling, mm-hmm. but human trafficking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a huge industry, right? Yeah. And it's all secret and it's all like, um, they're just, they keep changing it within their, I guess, organization, if you yeah. will, they keep changing their ways to get around things, right. They're, you, they're using the government to get away with their own things. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to catch them. Right. And clearly it's hard to, to convince, you know, young women, if you will, like, Hey, this is not safe. (laughs) And or to at least know for sure that if they're a victim or not. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that in particular is a problem because we can't always pinpoint it. Right. Um, but again, there's also units and departments that are specific for that. Mm-hmm. So we have to, like any intel. Like I feel like patrol is mostly intel, right? We're gonna we're gonna see things. We're gonna put away people that mm, you have a felony. There you're you're going. Right. You have all these drugs. You're going like, and then kind of just putting the pieces together and forwarding it to the appropriate units so that they can just. Close down on things right so gotcha
0: so kind of again going back to something that you said earlier there are a lot of people that because they don't see the violence or they don't experience those things they mm-hmm. don't live in an area where it's just inundated with crime necessarily that they sort of think that it doesn't happen there right that, that all that stuff happens someplace else and, and that they're safe right yeah so how do you do you have any advice for people to like just change that perception a little bit to, to think that you do need to like learn some sort of self-defense. You do need to learn how to use a firearm. You do need to learn, you know, uh, um, awareness of that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you kind of encourage that for people?
1: Um, I That's the hard part, right? Is like mm-hmm. getting the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that every chance I get, I'm trying to help somebody or, There's been times where, um, like just a random person, right. Like has, has a firearm Mm -hmm. and then something random will happen to something in the street. So they come out, out, you know, trying to protect themselves, but then it's like, well, wait a minute, what are you trying to protect yourself? So you, you start educating these people like, okay, Mm -hmm. great. You have a firearm. That's one step. Mm -hmm. Well, there's three other steps to owning a firearm is, knowing what the laws are in your state, Mm -hmm. knowing where you, you know, when and when you can't shoot. Right. So it's not just about like that first step. It's, it's beyond that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, educate. I, like I said, I try to educate as many people that I come in contact and clearly like I'm taking calls all day. Right. Mm -hmm. If I can talk to every single person and just be like, Hey, don't forget, you can do this, Mm -hmm. you know, um to have better yourself right. or to protect yourself so this something like this doesn't happen again that's that's kind of like the the offset of police right We're trying to protect and actually help people protect themselves right. so um but I'm not probably answering your question I just it, it I think that's the hard part is getting the word out, but little by little it's uh, i i at least try to do it is hey this this could actually happen to you. And Mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it? Right. Because we might not always be there. Exactly. (laughs) The thing is, is that they it's not so much that they are ignorant Mm -hmm. as or they're just plain immune. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they're used to that guy running out the store with all the, you know, stuff in his hands and they just walk by. Well, how about you get yourself maybe behind the pillar because, you know, if the cop comes out and calls him, he might shoot at him and you're in the way. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just being, making these people aware, like, Hey, you can be better about your surroundings and protecting yourself. Right. Yeah.
0: Situational awareness.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, that's actually an excellent point because I never really thought about from bystanders point of view. Um, when things are happening, a lot of people will just like stop and, and, and look, you know, it's like, how about get out of the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, take cover. <laughs> you know, Don't just stand there. Yeah. Be a, a, you know, a casualty just by accident, you know, and not even be involved with what's going on. So, yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, so the way that we uh, I typically wrap this up is, is I ask people for like parenting advice. Mm. So like, like what's your best parenting advice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. I have like, Three that I've been consistently the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, there's one more and she's like, kind of like the, uh, the hope for our family.
0: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, I'm just
1: kidding. They've all, um, I've had four. So mine is, is 22 years old. And then my wife has three and slowly, but surely, like they've all come back. Right. Mm-hmm. And matured and gotten like open their eyes a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think consistency is like top key, right? Mm -hmm. And practicing what you preach. Right. So like I, it, I had a very hard time with, like we talked about, like I talked about drill instructor, right? Like, and then even just at work, like command presence. Uh um, Like that's, that's what I'm used to, but you can't be like that at home. Right. Right. And letting down your guard. Right. And, but all, but at the same time showing that this is, this is quite possible. Like you asked me earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, what can you do to, um, you know, what advice to have for, for others? Like I'm, I'm your advice. Like I'm right here, like proof that Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, doing what I want to do and I'm not worried at all because I have the confidence because I train, because I do this, I do X, Y, and Z. Right. Like, it is possible. Like, Mm -hmm. so showing that to my kids is, I think, like, at least not, even if they don't believe it now, like, it's in the back of their heads. Like, okay, I can do that. And I can be a good person and I can be a tough person or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Um, But also consistency. Like, Mm -hmm. they may not always like what I like, but at least I'm we're consistent. Yeah. I say we, my wife and I like we're consistent. We don't let down our guard because of you don't like us. We're consistent and um I think that's the least that I can do. So Right. That's really awesome. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, um I think that you're right. Like being consistent is really important. Uh and you're you're not saying something and then doing something else. You're actually living that example. Yeah you know, so they have that to to fall back on. And I think that most children, um, even as they get older, regardless of what they're displaying and what they're saying, what they, what they recognize is still a part of, of how they learn. So whether they're, you know, making it obvious to you, what they see and what they, what they observe you doing is the true lesson that you're teaching them. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And I think, that's an amazing thing. So, so yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, want to be respectful of your time. I know that we have other things to do today. So, uh, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And I would like to have you come back sometime and talk more. Um, thank you so much for sharing like the experiences that you have, especially like with how you got to all the different training things. Mm-hmm. That's really cool.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Cool. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye everybody.
0: Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, you can now support the Non-Victim Nation by donating via listener support directly on Spotify. Remember, the story of your life is being written right now, and you are the hero.